Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just to be filled with the Spirit, which is excess. Oh, God, you have told us time and time again what we need to make it. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd anoint me to deliver this word tonight and anoint us to receive this word tonight. And we'll just praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A study, a deep study. As you begin to, to study on the Spirit and the, the power of God, you'll find that a deep study of God's Word will reveal God's purpose for us. God's purpose for the church. Not just God's purpose for the church, uh, but God's purpose for the ages. And what is God's purpose for the ages? Uh, well, uh, God's purpose for the ages is really wrapped up in what they caught, said of David. What did they say of David? Y'all ready for some more Bible trivia tonight? We'll go to the Old Testament. Y'all didn't do too good on the New Testament in the book of Acts. So how about the Old Testament? How was David known? He was a man. All right. Y'all know your Old Testament a little better than the New Testament. He's a man after his own heart. So God is looking, and that is his purpose. That was not just his purpose for David. That's not just his purpose for pastor. That's not just his purpose for Paul. That's not just his purpose for Sister Gilda. That's his purpose for every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's not just his purpose for the saved that is among us tonight. But can I tell you, that's his purpose. Uh, for the drunk on Main Street this evening, uh, for the man that's got a needle uh, hanging out his arm. There's somebody right now putting a needle uh, somewhere on the face of this earth. Uh, while we're worshiping the King of Kings, uh, somebody's getting their fix. Uh, but well, you know what? Uh, God's purpose uh, is not for him to get another fix, uh, but God's purpose uh, is for him to hunger uh, and thirst uh, after righteousness. Uh, and God's purpose uh, is for him to be a man uh, after his own heart think about that God looks down on the skid row of society and says I want him I want her I want them my dad puts it this way he wants the skunks the punks and the drunks Amen. God wants the skunks, the punks and the drunks to be men and women after his own heart why? because he wants a vessel which he can make himself known he wants to reveal reveal himself to a people that want him to be revealed to him those that hunger and thirst after righteousness might be filled if your version says that get you a new version it shall be filled So God is looking for that. The Lord seeks to have a corporate man. What does that mean? God is looking for a body. of. God's not just looking for an individual, Brother Laney. God is looking for a corporate man. Not meaning the man of the corporation. Not meaning a businessman. But God is looking for a body of believers. God is still looking for a church. The Old Testament, one of the saddest things said in the Old Testament, is God looked for a man to make up the hedge but he found none but you know what he hasn't stopped looking he's looking for more than just a man he's looking more than just a few God is looking for a corporate body God's looking for a body of believers could it be that God sister Wanda is looking down at 4579 state road 21 and said I see about 15 or 20 people that are corporately gathered together and I want to reveal myself and I want to make myself known unto them in a new, in a living way. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. He is seeking for a corporate man in whom his own thoughts and features are reproduced in a moral way. Oh, we we love, as as humans, we love to reproduce. I'm not talking about making babies. I'm talking about we love to do what somebody else is doing. 
God is looking uh, for some people that are willing uh, to allow to Lord uh, to have uh, saying not my thoughts uh, but his thoughts uh, are higher than my thoughts uh, his ways uh, are higher than my ways uh, my mind's messed up my thought pro- anybody's thought process ever get messed up uh, you ever think wrong things uh, have bad ideas uh, and do wrong go, go in wrong direction uh, well God's looking for somebody uh, that says I want God's thoughts uh, I want God's features I want this mind in me also, which is in Christ Jesus, and to know that if he will allow that, he will reproduce in us a new and a living way. What do you mean a new and living way? It's new to us, but it ain't new to him. A moral character that's lost in our society today. And you know where God the Father found such a man? In the man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God is looking for the characteristics that Jesus laid out in his earthly walk. He he, he laid out in his earthly walk. Uh, the text in Matthew 3.16 of his baptism in verse 17 of that same chapter, this is what the voice of God declared of Jesus the man. Lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He was the Son of God for sure. But we're the sons and daughters of God as well. And you know that he is wanting to say the same thing about you and me? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And the only way that he's going to do that is if he sees what he saw in Jesus. If he, God the Father, uh, is looking for us and what he saw. Uh, I'm talking about Jesus the man tonight, our example. Uh, you know what, God? God is looking for nothing less out of you and I. He looked for nothing less out of a Holy Ghost-filled Peter. Uh, he looked for nothing less out of a Holy Ghost-filled Paul. Uh, he looked for nothing less uh, out of any of those that were in that upper room uh, and came out of that upper room uh, that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, he looked for nothing different. Uh, what did he look for? What did he see? What do we find in the life of Jesus? Uh, obedience, uh, sacrifice, uh, a willingness to be close to the Father, uh, a desire. Uh, when they went looking for Jesus, where's he? He's off praying again. Uh, how come? Uh, because he uh, had a willingness uh, to be in the presence of his Father. Uh, and you know what? Uh, the voice will come from heaven again uh, saying, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When we have the characteristics of that man Jesus, our example. I've stated this many times in previous messages. I've stated that this morning, as a matter of fact, Jesus was the firstborn of a new creation. He was the firstborn of a new race that will fill this universe with the knowledge of God. We will do it only by being conformed to his image. To being conformed to his image. The image of Adam won't do it. The image of Adam ended up leaving us in a place of sinfulness. It's in his earthly walk that Jesus showed us, Jesus the man, showed us what kind of man God intends every one of us to be. We sing it, don't we? To be like Jesus. Anybody remember singing that song? To be like Jesus. But are we really? That's what he's looking for. In his earthly walk, he showed us that we must be conformed to his image. Nobody is trying to get you to conform to man's image. God's not created robots. God's not created pastors to create little mini-me's. But what God is looking for is men, women, boys, and girls that are willing to say, I want to be conformed to his image. Uh, He not only demonstrated Jesus the man, not only demonstrated to us what God wanted us to be, uh, but he also showed us how to get there. And nothing worse than somebody telling you what they want you to be and what they want you to do, and they give you no instruction how to get there. God has let us know clearly what he wants us to be, and he's given us the blueprint on how to build it. 
He has showed us in his word what we need. He said that the man of God may be thoroughly or thoroughly furnished through and through. You and I would know how to possess these vessels in holiness, in righteousness. Jesus, the man, demonstrated what God wants us to be, and he showed us how to get there. He left us an example, and we need to follow the example. Oh, I declare to you as a pastor, Follow me, but only follow me as I follow Jesus because he is the example. Jesus is that example. For a man to get where Jesus is, a man in glory, get that, Jesus was 100% man. But remember this morning they saw that man pass beyond the clouds. Flesh and blood. It wasn't Superman. It was Jesus. He went higher and higher, and he disappeared out of sight. And I would imagine we'd be doing the same thing. What in the world? And those angels, those, it says men in white apparel. We know that to be angels. said, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus who was taken. So we know what that means? That Jesus, the man, he got there just like Moses, the man. He got there just like Enoch who walked with God and was no more. Just like uh, Elijah that went up in the whirlwind, uh, Jesus, uh, the man, joined uh, that realm. Uh, so to be like him, uh, he showed us what to be and how to be it, uh, and we got to conform to it. Uh, but he showed us how to get there, and he left us example uh, how to get where Jesus is, a man in glory. Uh, we must follow his steps. We've got to follow the life of Jesus. We've discovered that the first step on the road to glory, we know this, is what? First step in salvation. You must be, I helped you out there. You must, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. That's the first step. Only the new creation can be conformed to his image. We've got to be born again of the Spirit. Second step to the road of glory is what we're going to look at over these next few weeks, though. We all know if we're here tonight, usually your Sunday night crowd, and especially your Wednesday night crowd, that's your born-again folks. That's your, that's your folks that have taken that first step, uh, and they're hungry for more, and they're looking for more. So if you're looking for more on Sunday night over these next few weeks, I want to give you just that. That second step is to look uh, as we get close to Easter and as we get close to revival, and that's to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Look at our text again. Jesus Jesus is the man. I can't emphasize that enough. I want to make sure that we're clear that what we're looking at is the man Jesus because he was 100% man and he was that for a reason. He was that for a reason because he was that example for us, stating to us that a man could live for God, that a man could fulfill the things of God, that a man could do what God has sent him to do, and so that's what he did. We find in our text that that man, Jesus, was, in order for him to do that, he needed also to be filled with the Spirit. I said it last week, I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight. We asked the question, why? Why does God need to be filled with God? He's already God. It was 100% man. Jesus said it time and time again. Father, you're not doing this for my benefit or for your benefit. You're doing it for their benefit. He said, I don't pray this because uh, it's for my benefit or your benefit. I pray this for their benefit, for our benefit. Uh, and so Jesus, the man, uh, was filled uh, with the Holy Ghost. Uh, verse 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up out of the water. Uh, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Uh, knowing this, church, uh, it is imperative, uh, it's it just as imperative for a born-again believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost that it is for a sinner to be born again. And the problem with our church today is we don't believe that. As I said this morning, we have made the Holy Ghost a misunderstood uncle in the Godhead. We have made him less than what he is. The Holy Ghost is God. It's the power of God. 
It is the breath of God. It's that numus that I was speaking about this morning. It's the spirit. It's the wind. It's the breath. It's the influence that you and I need. If it was imperative for Jesus to go there and be baptized, you and I must be baptized. If Jesus the man had to be filled with the spirit, you and I must follow that step. It's as imperative for a born again believer to be filled. So, so let me ask you tonight, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? If not, say tonight is the night for this promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off. We don't have to beg God for a promise. We don't have to beg God for a gift. We don't have to beg. It's the promise of the Father. And he uh, is not a man that he should lie. God does not break his promises. Uh, he, you know what God is looking for? Uh, God is looking for your availability. Your surrender. Here I am, God. I want what you want for me. The Holy Ghost. The command. It's not the request. But the command is be filled with the Spirit. We cannot take that lightly. 66% of our membership, 66 point whatever, if the statistics are true and they're pretty accurate, probably less than that of 33%. If that is true, we have taken the Holy Ghost power, the infilling, the very realm of what we build our faith on Pentecost, we've taken it lightly. We've taken it lightly. I'm tired of preaching to people who's taking the Holy Ghost power of God lightly. In my 30-something years of serving the Lord, I have not taken it lightly. When I got saved... I got saved at 16 years old. Uh, they, they began to declare and preach, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so what did I do? I got in that altar. Uh, Sister Gilda, I didn't have to beg God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I didn't have to plead with him uh, to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Neither do you. He desires uh, to fill you with the Holy Ghost. But you've got to make yourself uh, available, and you've got to be obedient. You can't say, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, and the Lord tell you to do something. No, I don't want to do that. For me, underneath that tent many years ago, I'm praying just to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all. I just want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what that entailed and what that meant. But I found out before he filled me what it meant for me. And I'm standing there with my hands lifted. And I'm saying, Lord, that preacher say whatever you want from God, just tell him tonight. And I'm standing there, Brother Laney, and I say, Lord, they tell me I need the Holy Ghost. So, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Preach my gospel. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Preach my gospel. Dude, you talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. Well, I think God's talking to you then. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Audible voice of God the third time said, preach my gospel. I didn't know what I was saying. Kind of like what Gracie says. She said, in my head, I was saying, Jesus, 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 but my mouth saying something else. I was, in my head, I'm saying, fill me with the Holy Ghost, but with my mouth, I'm saying, I will preach your, before I could get gospel out of my mouth, I was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Why? Because God was looking for a willing vessel. I didn't have to beg him for it. I just had to be obedient. I just had to be, you don't have to beg him, you just have to be obedient. You can't say, well, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't want to preach. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't want to be no missionary. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't want to, I used to say, I want what they got, but I don't want to do what they have to do. That was my thought process. And too many in the church are that way today. I want the power of God. I, I want the benefits uh, of the Holy Ghost, but I don't want uh, the sacrifice. Remember the sons of thunder we talked about this morning. Uh, oh, they want to be at my right hand and their left hand. Oh, they will. Uh, they'll reign with me, but they've got to be willing to, to suffer with me. Uh, and obviously they got to the place that they said, Lord, whatever uh, you have us to do, uh, because they were amongst the 120 uh, that were in one accord, one place, uh, waiting on the promise of the Father. Uh, they said, we want to reign with you, uh, and we want to suffer. Uh, and you know what? Uh, those boys, along with every other disciple but one, uh, were martyrs. Why? Because they were willing 
to follow the steps of Jesus. They did not take it lightly. We cannot take it lightly. Let me tell you something tonight. We can only know God and the things of God by His Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost to reveal. As I said earlier, Paul wrote this, that the Holy Ghost will begin to utter and pray through us in utterances that we cannot begin to understand. Why? Because He knows the heart of the Father. Why? Because He and the Father are one. Flesh and blood cannot know God. That's revealed to us time and time in Scripture. We know that Jesus said that himself to Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Listen, understand this. Flesh and blood cannot know God, but from glory to glory that we are revealed to us. Things are revealed to us. His glory is revealed by the Spirit of God. The emphasis here uh, is on the word beholding. Uh, That man is beholding as in a glass. Uh, We cannot be changed beyond our revelation of Christ. Our revelation of Christ is entirely dependent upon not me, not you, but the Holy Ghost. We're only going to get as far as our revelation. We, we've used a lot of R's. The Lord has laid a lot of R's in our themes over the years. Restoration, renewal. We can have all of those things, but none greater than a revelation. Give us a revelation. Many times we want a revelation. We want to know what to do. We want to know which direction to go. But what we need is not a revelation in this time of refresh. Uh, we don't need the refreshing of our browser uh, to be like a crystal ball that's showing us our future, uh, that's showing us what's at the end of the yellow brick road uh, and all of that fairy tale stuff. Uh, but we need a revelation. Uh, what we need, I preached this years ago in, in a revival service, in a Sunday night service actually uh, in Oklahoma. We need a revelation. We need a new vision of an old time way, uh, a refresh. And what a refresh will do, Uh, is it will hold on to the past uh, and it will take it uh, and catapult us into the future uh, that God has us a revelation of Christ and that revelation uh, comes not by man but by the Holy Ghost. It's the education. The education of the new creation. Education of the new creation and sanctification, you know what they are? One and the same. One and the same. Both of those Education of the new creation and sanctification both are accomplished by our growth as spiritual men and women. You will not progress in this new creation in your learning how to possess these vessels in holiness. You will not grow in sanctified living unless unless your spiritual man is growing. Sanctification is... What is that? What is sanctification? I believe Brooke asked me on the way back from one of our youth camps, uh, can you give me a definition uh, of sanctification? Uh, And I gave her uh, one there, but here is probably a better one, Brooke. Uh, Sanctification is the displacement of our life with his. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 uh, is a very good definition uh, of sanctification. Uh, This life that I now live in the flesh, it's no longer I, but Christ uh, that lives in me. Uh, John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. Who's speaking here? Jesus. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. You know what this makes clear? It makes it clear that there's nothing. Nothing is complete. Nothing. Nothing is complete apart from the Holy Ghost. Our Christian life is not a complete Christian life without being filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost did not just show up when somebody started speaking in tongues. Without the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't be saved. You know what got you to the altar? The convicting power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is always working. 
Why? How? Because the Holy Ghost is God. Jesus is God. The Father is God. And so we realize here uh, that there's nothing complete apart from that. Uh, and knowing that the Holy Ghost does not draw you, you can't come. And if he does not reveal, you cannot know. We only know through the revelation of the Holy Ghost that he will begin to open our minds. This is spiritual education. The education of the new creation is not a classroom. It's not academic. It's not Get out your number two pencils and sharpen them real good. And we're going to fill in some circles because there's going to be a test at the end. No, it's not academic. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. You cannot learn Christ in a classroom. You can learn about him, but you cannot learn Christ in a classroom. Too many, too many go through Bible studies, too many memorize verses, and they might as well be memorizing the National Enquirer. They might as well just, just get a book and memorize just any book because it's just words on a page. That's academic. But a spiritual man says, I cannot learn. Paul wrote this to Timothy. He said this in 2 Timothy 3 and 7, that there's those that's ever learning, but yet they never come to a knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? That means that they've sat in Sunday school classes. That means that they've sat Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. They were here every night of revival. They listened to the preacher. Hey, they even took notes. Ever learning, but never wanted to go deeper in the Spirit. Uh, too many people today want to know about Jesus. Uh, too many people want to put Jesus on a new cart. Just tag along with me, Jesus, just in case I need you. Uh, can I tell you, it don't work that way. Uh, we've got to shoulder this burden, uh, and we've got to learn of him. Uh, he said, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, knowing that the natural man uh, can learn about God, uh, but it cannot know God. Uh, to learn Christ uh, is to know Christ. Uh, our spiritual growth depends uh, on a progressive revelation of Christ. Uh, we've got to be uh, continual students uh, of the Spirit, uh, not just students of the Word, uh, not just good Bible study, uh, not talk a good talk, uh, but we need to progress uh, into that man uh, or woman that God wants us to be. Uh, the old saying is, if you're not going forward, you're going back. Backwards. We must progress in this spiritual walk. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What is he saying? There's a hunger that rises up within me. Too many, too many are saved and satisfied. Too many are just satisfied with a experience. So many of our churches today, they've, they, they call their Sunday services experience. I didn't come for the experience. I come with an expectation. Amen. And they say, and they're, they're even in the Pentecostal realm. They say, experience Pentecost. Now, God has called us to do more than experience Pentecost. Now, God has called us to be a living expression of Pentecost. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Spiritual growth is to be conformed into his likeness. You'll never be changed beyond your revelation of him. That's why so many people are not changed. Amen? Because when they say, give me revelation, they're saying, tell me what to do. God is looking for a people that says, I just want to know Jesus. What does that mean? It means I'm seeking his face, not his hands. Right? I'm seeking his face, not his hands. I want to know him. I want to know the power. I, I want to know what, what he wants me to know. I want to be what he wants me to be. Uh, not God, I want you to make me what I want to be. Amen? God, make me what you want me to be. What if he wants me to be a preacher? Well, hello. I didn't want to be one, but I love it. There's nothing better than it. I preached two hours on Sunday. And I didn't even want to get up here when he called me. But I wouldn't trade nothing for the ministry. I'm thankful that he found me worthy to call me into the ministry. Being conformed. We can never be changed. We will never be changed beyond your revelation of him. 
You want to be changed? You want to be quick? And you said, I've tried to change. You'll never change. Trying to change is not going to change. Getting a revelation of Jesus. He's the only one that can change you. You couldn't save yourself. He had to save us. Gracie stung it tonight. It was him. He said, I will send out an army. Aren't you thankful that he sent out an army? I'm thankful that God rose up an army uh, to come and rescue me. It took an army to rescue some of us. It took an army of prayer warriors to rescue some of us. Amen, Sister Amanda? We had to join together. I, I don't even know the assault rifle's name. I had one, she had the other. We were fully armored in the armor of God and everything else. Praying every force of hell. I'm giving spiritual instruction. I said, here, do this. Here, do that. But be ready. Amen. Be ready for what's coming. I'm thankful that he rescued me. Amen. I'm so glad that he found me. I, I don't know about your testimony, uh, but I'm thankful he didn't leave me where I was at. Uh, and so since he didn't leave me where I was at, I sure enough won't want to stay where I'm at. Uh, I want to progress. Uh, I want to grow in grace. Uh, I want to grow in faith. Uh, I want to know. I want to do more than sing page six of the red back hymn. I, I want to live it. I want to know more about my Lord. How do we do that? Well, I'm going to study real good. And I'm going to pray for a long time. And I'm just going to stay right here. No. No. You're changed when you seek a revelation of him. Math, revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. It's the raptured, glorified church that's going to sit with Jesus on the throne of this universe. Only the raptured, glorified church. Not those that played church. Not those that went through the motions. There's too many. I meant to say this this morning, and it may not be intended for anybody here. It may be for somebody listening in on Spreaker, so don't take this personal. If it's not meant for you, uh, you just let it go and let it go to the one that it's meant for. But too many people are claiming to be Pentecostal, but you're not Pentecostal. You just attend a Pentecostal church. Amen? Too many people, uh, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not Pentecostal. Uh, but you can be filled uh, with the power. Uh, God's looking for a glorified church. Uh, and it's only a glorified church that's going to sit with him on the throne. John says that the place is reserved for overcomers. What have you overcome? Nobody is going to make it until they overcome. Too many people are not overcoming the flesh. You're not going to make it when you keep giving in to the flesh. We're not going to make it if we keep giving in to temptation. I know that's not popular preaching in our day. I, don't, I know it's not popular preaching when we pointed our fingers down the road to the Baptists about their once saved, always saved doctrine. But even within the church of God, we allow people to live a once saved, always saved doctrine. There's still a thing called backsliding, and there's still a need to resist the devil and resist sin and to resist temptation to know we've got to overcome some stuff there's not enough fingers to plug the girl's ears so I'll try to contain myself but you've got to look at the devil and give him some instruction I'll put it that way you got to resist the devil. you got to tell the devil I've heard enough. you got to say no devil the place is reserved heaven is reserved for overcomers what must we overcome? Glad you asked. We've got to overcome self. Oh, I thought we had to overcome the devil. Yeah, that's wrapped up in self, in the flesh. We know that there's three enemies. And in those three enemies, public enemy number one, we think it's the devil. Well, public enemy number one, Paul said, I carry around with everywhere I go. It's this old man. It's that old nature. We find in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we love to, to read beyond there in the fruits of the Spirit, but before he wrote about the fruits of the Spirit, Paul listed the works of the flesh, the old nature. I'll let you read those for yourself later because they can be convicting. 
Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And I don't want to not mention them now because they're too convicting. But if I bring them up, I may preach another hour. He concluded that list, though. I do want to share what the warning that he concluded that with in verse 21. He said, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We want to learn real good the fruit of the Spirit. Really, you don't have to worry much about that because that's a result of His presence within you. That just happens. I think we need to go back and maybe, just maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe after Easter we might go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21 uh, because that's what we need to focus on uh, because that's what we got to overcome uh, because he said if we don't overcome these things, uh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's some things that we need to overcome. We as believers uh, cannot hide behind the uh, statement, oh, the flesh is weak. Uh, Well, you know, I I tried. Uh, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When we allow the works of the flesh to be manifested through us, we're actually allowing ourselves to become tools of Satan. Weapons, and we're supposed to be instruments in the hand of God, and we're weapons and tools in the hands of Satan when we don't overcome sin. For what? For our own self-destruction. There's only one way to overcome the flesh. Only one way to overcome the flesh And that's the growth of the spiritual man. You know which one to grow? The one you feed the most. Amen? We must be conformed to the image of Christ. He that hungers. Anybody hungry? He that hungers. And he that thirsts. Anybody thirsty? I I am thirsty. I'm physically thirsty. I'm spiritually thirsty. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Oh, that's the growth of the spiritual man. Conformed. Conformity. Conformity. Conformity to the image of Christ. You know what the attack of the enemy is all about? You know why Satan attacks you? Once again, not, not every problem is spiritual warfare. Amen? Not every problem. Some problems are just, I've told my kids, L-I-F-E. That's just life. Scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. Last Saturday, it poured down rain. And you know what? I, I'm a godly man. I'm a man of God. And I still got wet. Why? Because I didn't have an umbrella, I didn't have a raincoat, and it started raining when I was outside. It happens. Things happen. Things come to pass. You know, we say, well, I got a, I got a flat tire. The devil's fighting me. No, you got a flat tire because you didn't check your air pressure. My car blew up on me. The devil's fighting. Now, when's the last time you popped the hood and checked the oil? It blew up. How long have you been ignoring the check engine light? Not everything is spiritual warfare, but there is spiritual warfare. And you know what that attack of the enemy is all about? The enemy is not uh, attacking you uh, in those areas. Uh, he has one purpose. Uh, the enemy does not attack the natural. The enemy does not, his attack uh, may come against the natural. Uh, he may bring, he, we know that there were sore bulls on Job. I'm not saying that, but he wasn't after the natural. He didn't uh, fill his body with sore bulls. He didn't cause sickness, uh, and God did not allow that to happen, let Satan get that position. Uh, those, those things that happen to us, uh, or it's not about the natural. Men can overcome that. Women can overcome that. I, I've heard of men and women of God who've lost the ability to use one side of their body. So they would take the side of their arm that would work to lift up the one that don't work just to praise God. I believe it was Brother Hank shared a story of a man that was in a consecration camp in China. And they put him there in that concentration camp in China. And as they, when they put him there, he would worship God. And so they did everything. They removed his arms because he would praise God by lifting his arms. So they took his arms from him. 
So then he would lift his head, and tears would stream down his face. He'd lift his eyes to God. They plucked out his eyes. And out of those sockets where eyes used to be, nobody knows how this could even happen. Tears began to stream down his face. Why? Because he knew that the attack was not a natural attack. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The enemy is not, the, he does not, the enemy is not attacking you, but it's always. Uh, you know why the enemy's attacking you? Uh, because he wants a response. He wants a response. My dad used to say this. This is, this is not one of his philologies. This isn't on the spiritual side. But when we were messing around, and I'd tell him, Dad, I can take you. And he would, or I would pick at him. He'd say, boy, you'd rather sandpaper a lion's butt in the phone booth than mess with me. You, <laughs> I told Gracie that the other day. She was messing with me, Sister One. I said, girl, I'm going to use your papa on you. I said, you'd rather Sam? She said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, let me put it to you this way. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. And you know what the enemy is trying to do? Why he's poking at you? Uh, why he's messing with you? Uh, because he wants you uh, to respond in a natural fashion. Uh, he wants your response. Uh, he wants to, you ever seen anybody? They just want to rouse somebody up. They just keep stirring until you get mad. And they're like, yeah, I got him. That's what the devil does. And then when he does that, we're acting independently of our father. And he's got us. His tactic worked on Adam, but it didn't work on the second Adam. Who was the second Adam? Jesus. Word of God tells us that Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Devil tried, though, didn't he? All points tempted. He faced everything that we got to face, and he overcame. Jesus the man overcame. He says to us, because I overcame, you can overcome. Since God cannot be tempted, we know that it was the man Jesus that met the world, met flesh, and met the devil, and he overcame them all. Satan couldn't tempt God. Satan couldn't tempt God. When he came to Jesus in the wilderness, he came to the man, Jesus, who had fasted for 40 days. He went after the man. He knew he didn't have a chance uh, to come against his God nature. Uh, so he came against his carnal nature. He came against his natural nature. It did not work. He overcame as a man, uh, the same kind of man that he's called us to be, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Uh, the firstborn of a new creation, Jesus, came, lived 33 and a half years for what purpose? Uh, leaving an example to all who wish to be like him. Oh, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus is to be a man, woman, boy, or girl full of the Spirit of God. 1 Peter 2 and 21, for even hereunto, where are you called? Not about you, but that gets my attention. Somebody calls you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Just tell me why you called. I don't need the nice, hey, how are you doing? You don't call somebody at 2 a.m. say, hey, I just called, you know, what's up? Right? We pick up, what do you want? Here too were you called. Here unto were you called. Does that have your attention? It has mine. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Just in case anybody thought I was making all of this up, Peter wrote those words. And who knew P Jesus the man better than Simon Peter? Because everywhere Jesus went, there's Peter. Right? You can't say that of all the disciples, but you can sure say it of Peter. And I know there was two others that were usually there, but, but not when he went to Pilate's Hall. Only Peter followed. He followed afar off, but he was closer than the other ones. And he said, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us example that ye should follow his steps. So for us to overcome, we must, we must, we must follow his example. Us as believers, like Jesus, must at all times be under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. We must walk in the Spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Galatians 5.16. 
And for some, this is the words that you've been listening and looking for me to say in closing. I don't want to because I feel a sweet presence of God. I told Brother Paul last Sunday there was just a sweet spirit in this house. There's a sweet spirit in this house again today. For you and I, do you want to overcome the world? I heard one yes, amen. Do you want to overcome the world? How about the flesh? How about the devil? For you and I to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, Jesus must be Lord of our lives. And only the Holy Ghost will make Him Lord of your life. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man, speaking of the Spirit of God, called Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. We as believers must be filled with the Holy Ghost. For what? To empower us to do His will. To empower us to do His will. It's useless. It's useless to know. It's useless to learn. It's useless to have an academic knowledge and not have the power to perform. But you shall receive power. After the Holy the disciples knew they were went through the school of Christ. They were the first ones to go through the school of Christ. Clinton didn't thought he wrote it. Wrong. The disciples went through it. They went through it. This whole process. This whole process of not just knowing, but having the power to perform. How many wants the power to perform? Signs and wonders follow those that believe. Signs and wonders are for believers. Amen. I'm not waiting on a miracle. I am one. Amen? We are miracles. I'm not waiting on a move of God, William Booth said. I am. You are a move of God. This whole process, really, though, depends upon your choice. Depends upon your choice. You can say, Pastor, you preach real good today. That don't really matter to me. Don't really, it don't do me a bit of good to preach real good and get people real happy and get people real excited. I watch people sometimes. They're entertained when I preach. I don't know why that is, but I, I watch people. When I get excited, they, they just get a smile on their face. And I'm like, I didn't preach for your smile. I didn't preach for your applause. I don't even preach for amens. I preach for you to make a choice. I, I, I preach... Because I understand the importance of the power to perform. And we lack the power to perform corporately. Corporately. I don't know about you, but when my phone gets at about 33%, I start looking for a charger. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? I didn't throw that number out there by coincidence. When my phone, how about you? When this, I got home today, I looked, I said, oh, that's 69%. I need to preach tonight. I better put, I don't want that thing to die in the middle of my message. Not that I can't preach without notes. Obviously, I've been doing it for a few weeks. But I might need those notes. So what did I do? Plugged it in. So my endeavor from now till Easter is to plug Middleburg Church of God in. Not to me, but to the power source. May I introduce you to the forgotten part of the Godhead is the Holy Ghost. He's not forgotten. He is our power source. It's useless to know, useless to know without having that power to perform, but it all depends on your choice. You can say, oh, that ain't for me, preacher. Because the Spirit's never going to force you to choose the will of God. Never going to force you to choose the will of God. But if you choose the will of God, I love this, He will enforce your choice. God will enforce your choice. That could be a good thing or that could be a very bad thing. Just stand with me tonight. I want you to think about that. Right now, think about this. 
The choices, everybody listen. The choices that you are making at this present moment in your life, do you really want God to enforce that choice? Do you really? Those that may be listening online, I want to ask that same question. Whatever choice that you're making right now, do you really want God to enforce that choice? God's not going to force anything on you. We choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose. Choose. I choose. What did Joshua say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me, I choose Holy Ghost power. I choose Pentecostal expression. I choose to be filled with the Spirit. That's my choice. Whatever choice. Whatever, if you choose, He will enforce the choice. And whatever you choose, He will enforce the choice. If you choose the world, He's going to enforce that. He's going to enforce that. You want the world? Here's the world. There it is. It's a great big world. Right? Kids say, I want to try my hand. I did that. I said, I want to try my hand in the world told my dad you're a preacher that's not for me he said i don't believe that but if that's what you think see ya probably the hardest thing he ever had to do hardest thing ever. go you grown man go go i believe that was on a saturday afternoon sunday night i was sitting on the pew of his church i didn't go far i wasn't ready for him to enforce my choice so i made it can i change can I change my choice? Anybody want to change your choice? I choose Christ. I choose the power of the Holy Ghost. I choose to be filled with the Spirit. If you choose to be filled with the Spirit, why don't you just step out? Just just come and make your way up here across the front of these altars. But just begin to lift your hands. Just begin to tell Him, Lord, I choose you. I choose to be filled with your spirit. I choose your will, not mine. I want your will, not mine. I want your way, not mine. Don't do it because I'm asking you to. Do it because that's your choice. Do it because that's your choice. Father God, we're thankful tonight that we have been given the command to be filled with the Spirit. Tonight we gather in these altars as obedient servants to say, I obey your command. I must. I long. I yearn to be filled with your spirit. My choice is you. My choice is your power. Mighty God, enforce my choice. Enforce my choice. In Jesus' name. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.